Welcome to Trendspell. We hope you're having a great week. Last week on Trendspell, Gash Xiao Guo told us about his first European trip, including getting straight scammed in Paris and the great food in Scotland. This week, he finishes his story and tells us about the rest of his trip. the next morning and decided to start our trip to the Isle of Skye, awesome. which is what I had most fun in. And where is that in R- Relative in to Edinburgh? Yeah. Uh, about like a few hours to the northwest. Okay. Um, it's on the like the far side of the island. Okay. So you guys drove there? We the drove train? there. She had, a tr- she had a car that they rented. Oh, wow. And then uh, I just helped pitch them for gas. Nice. I'm sure that was a beautiful drive. It was a long drive. I actually passed out for a few portions of it. Um, How long is it? I think we drove for two days. Whoa, yeah. really? But we had like so stops far. every few hours. So About the first road trip. Yeah. <laughs> so the first stop we went to, oh, speaking of which, uh, on, a, on, on another note, the weirdest part is that they drive on the other side of the road. Yeah, that's why I was surprised out. when they rented a car, because I don't think I would be able to do that. Well, my friend, Missy, uh, she actually like lived there for a while, so she was used to she the traffic. But for me, I'm just like freaking out because if I drove, I'd probably like turn on the wrong side. Yeah, and probably yeah. if you fell asleep in the car and woke up, you'd probably be like, whoa, oh, the car's going to hit yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was one part that really had me like concerned because I was like, uh, you guys don't want me to drive, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> the first stop we went to was Dune Castle. Uh, if you've seen um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I have, but it's been a while. Okay. Apparently, that's where the where, that's where they filmed it. Oh. I didn't. Have, I haven't seen it either. Even to this day, I still haven't seen Monty Python. Which we'll have to I have probably a Monty should. Python right movie, movie marathon night or something. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we had, we had stayed there for like an hour or two, and we kind of just like checked it building out. At the time, it was being renovated, so it was very dark. It was very like gloomy, but. Mm. It was still pretty unique because you still get the whole castle, though, like, open up to you. And you just walk around and take pictures. And there's a nice yeah. little garden on the side, too. Oh, that's it was, cool. It was, it was a cool stop. Uh, then we drove up north a little bit to, like, the Glencoe area. And I forgot what we did there, but I think we saw another castle. I don't remember the exact name. <laughs> castles there was, on there castles. There's just castles on castles. Over yeah. There. We just had to pick castle a Castle tour mm-hmm. of <laughs> um, Europe. I want to say we went to the Eileen Donan Castle. It's just another castle that was nearby. <laughs> At this point, you're just yeah. like, like when you I'm first saw out. a castle, you're like, this is amazing. And yeah. then after that, you're like, yeah, yeah I'm there's out. castles everywhere. Uh-huh. When you're driving up to the Isle of Skye, you're going to pass this little like town. There's a, there's like little, little locks, you know, for little canals. There's mm-hmm. one called the Neptune Staircase. It has eight locks connected oh, wow. together. Uh, that's a pretty cool uh, site to hang out and just like take in the scenery and see how the mechanism works. The thing that I remember the most about that area is that I had the best smoked salmon sandwich ever. What? It you live in sit- Seattle? Yeah. It's still better than this place. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Because of all those locks, right? Like eight, we only have a couple. Right, so right. they have eight in a row. And those salmon are like, uh-huh. let's, let's hang and out And it's here. not even like it's a special sandwich. It's, it's like toasted bread mm-hmm. um, with like pieces of smoked salmon put in there with a little bit of mayonnaise but for some reason it just tastes so much better than here yeah i don't know if that's because i was traveling at the time and i didn't have like any decent food but maybe it's it's a good philosophical question because some of my best meals i've had in my life were when i was traveling Mm -hmm. so i think that's a great question of like i am absolutely certain that they were amazing food 
but were they amazing because in comparison to everything else I had been eating at the time, Mm -hmm. it was just elevated or is it because of the experience of like what's around me that Mm -hmm. adds to the the flavor and the fun Mm -hmm. or is it just truly amazing because it's just the best food ever? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it could just be... um... You don't know what you're expecting at that point, you know. You're just taking yeah. a bite of it, and it just like flavor explodes in your mouth. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, but although I, I would warn you, don't don't now. get their mayonnaise. Don't get the mayonnaise. Or don't get their uh, coleslaw. Sorry. Coleslaw. Yeah. What's the coleslaw like? Coleslaw is like maybe a quarter of vegetables, and then the rest of it's just mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Not a huge no. Mayo fan, <laughs> no, I can't so, do it. Especially either. like straight up mayo. We got it. I was like. Where's the, where's the where's the freaking vegetables? I can't see it. <laughs> it's just like uh, vegetables. It's just with dripping a dip with mayonnaise. Mayo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we stopped there for a little bit. It was kind of a cool break from all that driving, and then um, we ended up driving up to the Yurkwat Castle. It's kind of near Loch Ness. I want to say it's the castle with the little like moat or a bridge that goes into a little tiny island with the castle overlooking all the canals. Oh, cool. Or lock, whatever they want to call it. Yeah. They renovated it so that it's modernized, but it makes you wonder how short people were back then. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm Asian, and I'm not like really tall for an Asian, but I'm like ducking my head when I'm walking around because like the ceiling really is small. really really low. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it must have been built for much smaller humans. Probably. Like, I mean, I I know people didn't grow quite as tall in the past, uh-huh. but yeah, that is crazy to think that like if it the ceiling was so short now that those folks must have been really short yeah like i wish i could show you a picture or on the podcast but you can't but it's we can one put of some the... stuff in the show notes if you have a yeah. picture or two you want to yeah share. i can do that yeah. i mean the scenery there's just beautiful it's just a castle on an island overlooking the waters and even if it's a gray weather like we have here in seattle it's still beautiful that's awesome mm-hmm. uh then from there we ended up driving more northwest and um stayed at the uh, skywalker hostel Skywalker? Yeah, Skywalker. S K Y E Walker Hostel. <laughs> yeah. awesome. I guess that's probably why we picked the place. But, uh, <laughs> the force was calling yeah, you. Yeah, the force was calling <laughs> to me. To this hostel. Yeah, come, come and experience the uh, Scottish whiskeys we have here. Uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. and the whiskey. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so we stayed there for the night, played some games, and then the next morning um, I had black pudding for the first time. I've never had black pudding. It's What's it so like? It's so good. It's like, imagine if your sausage was deep fried and it was the color black. Okay. But it doesn't have that burnt taste. So it's not pudding. It's not pudding. It's literally, <laughs> it's a sausage with blood, oh, pig blood in it. Yeah. I don't know crazy. why they call it black pudding because it's not wobbly, you know, like jello. <laughs> um, but it was one of the best breakfasts I had. I remember what I had. I had two sunny side eggs, black pudding, slices of tomatoes, pinto beans, and a salad on the side. Wow. It's a very savory breakfast. Right. Yeah. Right. And it tastes delicious. Wow. I wouldn't mind eating it every day. <laughs> um, from there, we uh, went to the Talisker distillery, and we went on a tour there on how mm. it's made. I've never had Talisker before. I wasn't a huge fan of whiskey at the time, but um, after the tour, they gave us little samples of it. And I tried a little bit, and man, I, I think that's when I became the whiskey fan that I am today, because... <laughs> The first sip, it kind of, it's got that very fiery, earthy aroma. Mm-hmm. And then once it goes down your throat, you just feel yourself getting warm immediately. And I guess it, I don't know if it's because I was at the distillery, but that whiskey tasted better than any alcohol that I've ever had before. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think some really high quality alcohols really turn you on to that kind of alcohol mm-hmm. when you maybe weren't really interested in it. And especially mm-hmm. if you were 
Especially like, when I was in college, you know, yeah, all you do is just that's what I was gonna buy say. the cheapest stuff yeah. and just chug it at parties in and college, see how drunk you don't know you what get. Like, nice alcohol <laughs> right. tastes like. So you're like, oh, this beer is great, and yeah. it's just like Bud Light or something. Well, it's funny was I, I uh, when I first did the sip, I was like, I was about to chug it, and the I guess the lady that was in charge of the toilet saw me was ready to chug it because of my age, you know, and she's <laughs> like, no, no, you sip this. <laughs> You know, like, all right, I'll sip it. <laughs> Young Skywalker. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Yeah. Patience. It was good. I, it was so good that I ended up buying a bottle of it for our trip. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, from there, we toured the Isle of Skye. It's just this one giant round loop around the insula. The scenery very, like changed so much. So there's this one part when you first go into that area where it's mostly hills and mountains and you don't see much grass and it's just kind of like mostly rocks. Kind of. Yeah, have you ever seen Mars? The uh, movie? Mars? I don't know. There's so many Mars movies. It's less, it's kind of like the same terrain, like terrain, but less red. Okay. It's like green and like gray. That's when, uh, I think that's when we visited the uh, fairy pools. So what are fairy pools? It's just the name of the place. It's like a little small river that runs through that area and oh. it accumulates into the, like these pools of, uh, I'm saying pools of pool, but like groups of <laughs> pools, you know, it's yeah. just like this really awesome configuration. We could oh. probably throw, throw a picture in there too later. Yeah. Um, I'll look it up so I understand. <laughs> yeah. You got a little tiny, like you got to walk to that area though. Uh-huh. So it's kind of hard to describe, but like it's very rocky and there's this tiny trail that goes up it. And once you get there, you just see a bunch of like tiny waterfalls and like a giant pool and different different colors and whatnot. Yeah. And me being the dumbass that I am, I decided to like just jump around the rocks, trying to see if I get to the other side and I slip <laughs> and uh, oh, I no. get my feet into the water. And then at that point, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm wet and it's pouring <laughs> outside, you know. And it was pouring out it too. It was pouring too. So oh, we didn't man. really travel much uh, further. I uh, got back to my car and they changed. And oh, okay. Then, uh, At least you had clothes because you guys were right, traveling. Right, right. Yeah. And then uh, from there, we went up to the west side of Isle of Skye and just kind of like relaxed and t- took in the scenery. At that point, it changed into a more vivid green pasture um, mm. scenery. Um, it's kind of what you imagine. Yeah. Like the countryside of Scotland. Right, yeah. right. Not many trees. It's just like grass for days. Um <laughs> When we got to the north, we saw the, I want to say it was the Kilt Rock or mm-hmm. Melt Falls. It's, um, so on the northeast side of the Isle of Skye, it's mostly like cliffs. And there's this tiny river that, or not tiny, I would say, but there's a river that uh, runs through it and it just kind of like drops off, you know, at mm-hmm. the cliff. It doesn't integrate with the ocean. It just falls off. It's just done. Yeah. Whoa. And that scenery was breathtaking because you're literally overhanging a cliff and you see the waterfall on your left side and on to the right of that is the, um, I don't know if, if it's the ocean, but you don't see land on the other end. It's That's breathtaking. Cool. Like if you ever, it's kind of morbid to say this, but if you ever died and imagined what like afterlife would be like. It was like it that. It was kind of like that. It was just very quiet, very serene. Yeah. Yeah. And just being able to stand on the side of a cliff and just enjoy everything. It's kind of, it makes you very peaceful and 
okay with what you have in your life. That's really cool. Yeah. I love so many things about traveling and like architecture and mm-hmm. and things that humans create. But I think the things that awe me the most are like natural wonders. Because you can't replicate it. Yeah, yeah. And it just takes your breath away in a way that tr- truly makes you grateful for what you have mm-hmm. and like being a human on the earth. Right. Um, right. And it sounds like just so peaceful and like you're just at the end of like the edge of the world kind mm-hmm. of is the, yeah. the way you're describing it. And the weird thing is like every it wasn't just me there it's like a group of tourists there and everyone was just quiet and taking in the scenery it's like it's weird to be there at the moment mm-hmm. but you have you get a sense of appreciation for it yeah, yeah. that's awesome yeah from there we, uh, we traveled down south a little bit and we ended up near dig park where the uh i wouldn't say a mountain it's more of a hill it's called the store it's like a group of rocks just like jutting out oh um it's a, like a tiny hike up there but once you get up there, it's like you see everything around you and it's the same kind of scenery, like just no trees, not, well, I wouldn't say no trees, very little trees. Um, mm-hmm. Even if the trees were there, they're not very tall. You don't have what we have here, like, you know, in the Evergreen. Huge forest, yeah. yeah. You just have like little small patches of forest and a hill filled with just grass, like just waves of grass, just when, when the breeze, when the breeze flows by, it just like. That's so, it sounds it so creates peaceful. creates a little like yeah. currents in the grass. And um, in the end of end of your view it's just ocean water wow yeah i literally spent 30 minutes up there just taking in yeah the scenery and i took a lot of pictures too but just like reflecting Mm -hmm. is this area near like are there like neighborhoods nearby like do people it's like very in the nature it's very in nature and there is very minimal like farming there too Mm -hmm. the only signs of architect or agriculture is, is um sheep's Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of sheep there. <laughs> Man, it just sounds like a beautiful place if you lived anywhere remotely mm-hmm. nearby to just like go and think about life and yeah. like It it would know. be a good place to like retire. Yeah. 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 Yeah, except you don't actually have that much food options there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Scottish food Scottish food I found out is your typical typical bar food. Ah. Uh, uh-huh. That makes sense. Yeah. But you get that breakfast every day. Oh, that breakfast every day is what's worth it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just, just stay hungry for the rest of the day and then wake up next morning. Time to, Drink time whiskey to eat. Yeah. at night for uh-huh. dinner. Oh, and uh, when we uh, stayed at the Skywalker Hostel, um, I might have snuck out at night without telling my friends to go look at the Northern Lights oh, by myself. That's cool. Yeah. Why didn't you tell your friends? You just wanted I just want peacefulness? A long time. Yeah. yeah. Or the northern? Did you get to see them? I didn't really see much. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I did see a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's nice to it's see nice, the sky yeah. in general. And they had a little like uh, circular observatory in there that's like a glass dome. Oh, cool! That you just hang out in and just chill and yeah, watch the sky. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds like, like right, a really beautiful area. Around this area, you don't really have the ability to look at the uh, sky at night because of all the light pollution. Yeah, yeah. and really if you have to, city. you have to go to like the uh, west side of Puget Sound to even get yeah. remotely dark enough to... Even just to see some stars. Mm-hmm. We were in Hawaii recently, and we were like, there's stars in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> and we just don't... It's sad, but we just don't see it. And what's even worse now is, it, is it really stars or is it satellites? <laughs> some of them are probably satellites, right. for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, from the, so from the store, we drove back down, stayed at a hostel for the evening, played some board games, and uh, I met a uh, professor that was on sabbatical from, I want to say, Cambridge. Mm-hmm. And he was just telling me about like pretty much his life story, how much things have changed now compared to when he was young, my age, and being able to travel wasn't an option back then, um, fresh out of college, because... Definitely. Yeah, I don't know... 
maybe because of the war that happened back then, mm-hmm. that it really restricted on how much you can travel and like I guess transportation wasn't as modern as we have today. Yeah, and probably not as cheap. Right. I mean, when you think about the U.S., mm-hmm. commercial flights weren't that cheap for our parents' generation mm-hmm. when they were young. One thing that really like stood out to me from our conversation was he was just very appreciative of what we have technology wise but he also said something along the lines like if too too much technology can like isolate oneself from the society Mm -hmm. and he's slowly to start seeing that that's why he decided to take a break from teaching just because just from the way his students were reacting in class Um, back then he was like people were very interested in coming to class and just like listening to me talk nowadays everyone's just looking at their laptop screen and just typing and he was like it doesn't have that more like personal engagement anymore yeah yeah so I can imagine he, he told me that he was gonna try and teach a few more years and if he can't take it anymore he's just gonna retire back up here that's why he took his sabbatical up here oh that's awesome yeah it sounds like a lovely place yeah. but I bet that it would be so different to teach now because even as someone who tries to not be so technologically distracted mm-hmm. it is really distracting you have like your phone with you you're mm-hmm. usually on a laptop if, yeah. you know if you work in an office, you're sitting in front of a computer most of the day. There's mm-hmm. a million things that can pop up on your screen right. or kind of distract you. So it's just a different experience. You get used to interacting with your technology more than with mm-hmm. other people. Right. Yeah. And then from there, um, my friends dropped me off at the Glasgow Central Station. We That's where we departed, uh, parted ways. Uh, and one of my dad's co-worker's son was... English Chinese translator that works in Manchester, I think. He got me tickets for the Manchester game, VIP oh, wow. area too. So I got to go meet the soccer players or football. <laughs> um, but we didn't get back to Glasgow in time. And oh, no. I tried to rush everything and make it back, but no, it just wouldn't work. So I had to miss the soccer game. But either way, even if I didn't make it in time, I wouldn't have been able to get in because they have very strict rules when it comes to. Uh, meeting players or being in the VIP area for soccer games that you have to wear a suit tie and like dress shoes oh, to man. even get in. Oh, yeah. That's really strict. Yeah. Um, you don't see that in our football games. Yeah. You yeah. don't see that at all. Yeah, and so. uh, definitely it's probably not an outfit you're carrying with you while you travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of bummed out that I missed the soccer game there. Like, like mentally, you can forgive yourself because yeah. you're like, oh, I probably wouldn't. Have I don't have dress shirts. I'm not gonna spend like 300 euros on yeah, yeah. pounds of that. I do like their train system that they have there. Uh, you can go from Glasgow down to Manchester in three hours or two and a half, and uh, the ride is like really smooth and everyone there on the train is super friendly and. As soon as they heard my, like, American accent, they were like, oh, are you here to, like, travel, or do you actually live here and work here? And I'm just mm-hmm. traveling, and then we kind of just talk, like, everyday stuff, and, like, asking them how they, like, living here in the UK, and they asked me questions about what it's like to live in Seattle, and I'm like, yeah, the weather's pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah sounds it's great the same. Where brings, you know. So um, was anyone really into your American accent on the train? Uh, <laughs> Answer our question. If anyone knows, I we have questions really about because Europeans and American accents. Do I they have the same power? I don't know. Because, like, I got a few girls laughing when I was chatting with them. But at the same time, it's like, you know, like, being from Seattle, you have a different communication method. Like, people hear can tell whether we're really into you or like just being friendly yeah or they just like don't care and like, give you the cold shoulder <laughs> whereas yeah. in london i when i talked to them everyone was just very engaging and into your conversation i granted a few of them were older ladies yeah but, um, 
I don't know. It just seemed very friendly. I don't know if it's like super friendly or just regular just conversations. Yeah, but harder to I had a lot more fun talking to them than I ever had like talking to people here, like strangers. I mean, yeah, yeah. And then when I, when we got to Manchester, we I said goodbye to them, and they said, "I hope you have a good time with the rest of your travels." And find people to be so friendly when yeah. you're traveling. I've literally met friends on a train in Europe and like still talk to them. Really? Yeah, oh, wow. at least one. But yeah, uh-huh. it's it's so cool when you even if you don't like actually connect so much with someone that you're like, oh, we're gonna stay in contact. Mm-hmm. It's so awesome when you go somewhere that makes you feel really welcome mm-hmm. and and people are engaging and mm-hmm. and at least seem to care because right. I think living in a bigger city, I don't feel that when I walk around every day, even people mm-hmm. in my own neighborhood. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like to be in a completely foreign country and feel like people are caring about you is such a cool thing. Right. Yeah, it was just a little bit different. Uh, it was a good difference though, you know? Yeah. So from Manchester, I hung out with my dad's coworker's son for a little bit and um, we ended up going to London and going to all the sightseeing places, you know? Um, nothing in London really spoke, like stood out to me as much as the, my trip to the Scotland and Isle of Skye. It sounds like that was such a unique part of uh-huh. your trip or like such a unique thing that it would be hard to compare that to a like well-known big city mm-hmm. like London. Like when I got to Big Ben, I was like, oh, it's just a giant clock on a building. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you know? And then, oh, look, it's a giant Ferris wheel. We have that in Seattle too. That's true. Yeah. Not as big though, but still, it's just yeah. a Ferris wheel. I wish I saw more of London, but my friend at the time wasn't really feeling that great. So we mm. just ended up going to um, a restaurant in London. And from there, we just parted ways and I went to my hotel and went to London Heathrow the next morning. And just FYI, with London Heathrow, make sure you get there three hours early. Even when you connect, if you have a connection that's like less than an hour in Heathrow, like you're not even going to go into London. Yeah. There's a high chance you will not make your connection. Correct. And I wish somebody told me that because I got there (laughs) with two hours to spare. There was seven booths available for that airline and only two of them were open. And the three of the booths had people in it, but they were taking their break. <laughs> and I ended up missing my flight to Amsterdam, and I only had like an hour to connect from Amsterdam to the Seattle flight. Oh no! So I missed that, and I ended up being stuck in Amsterdam for a day. So you got wait, you caught the flight to no, Amsterdam? No, I didn't make it in time, so I caught the next flight to Amsterdam. Oh. So I ended up staying in Amsterdam for a day, and at that point, I kind of didn't have money left. Yeah, and yeah. you were probably expecting to just go home, so right, right. you're so kind of mentally like, not there either, maybe. Well, I'm in Amsterdam, I can, uh, at least I can do is ride the bus to Amsterdam, but then I looked at my wallet, and I was like, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, and I didn't authorize my credit card to be used in Amsterdam. Yeah, so you they probably wouldn't get you far. Yeah, and then I didn't want to make an international call, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it might have been toll-free, you know, I think about it, but, oh well. At that point, I was like, I already spent a lot of money, I don't want to spend more. So I just hung out in the hotel and sat in the bar and just made a conversation with the locals. Well, that's fun, too. And you got to make what you're given. I mean, it's true that, like, when Mm -hmm. you've been on a long trip, sometimes even the last day or two of your trip, you're like, oh, I was going to do this other thing, but I'm just not physically or mentally Mm -hmm. ready to do this anymore because I've just been go, go, go. Right. And I think it's totally okay to just be like, I'm going to hang out and chill for a day and like mm-hmm. not do much or just like you're making the most of like hanging out with people in the hotel. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's great. Yeah. The one thing that really I really enjoyed with the 
um, Amsterdam was. Our hotel was like one building surrounded by a field of yellow wheat with like <laughs> like uh, windmills, not windmill, electric um, windmill oh, generators. Wind, yeah. I don't know what they're called. It was like fans. Yeah, they're like giant fans. But uh, it was kind of pretty cool to just like kind of look at the window. So cool. Was it like near the airport then? Yeah, it was close to the airport. Yeah, watching that the whole entire day, drinking whiskey. That sounds cool. Yeah, and then uh, next morning I flew back. That's awesome. Would you say it was an ideal first trip to Europe? It was my first trip traveling alone to a different continent. Yeah. And I was nervous at first, but I'm kind of like just glad that I did it. Mm -hmm. Just because like traveling by yourself and traveling with a group is a lot different. You can, you're not restricted by what other people need, you know, you can just do things at your own pace and you know what you want to do. And sometimes you just go with the flow of things and you don't have to worry about what other people think of it. Mm -hmm. And you definitely meet a lot more people that way. I agree with yeah. that. I've traveled alone um, <clears throat> in my life, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people are fearful of it, especially women. And there's some well, realism reasonable. to that yeah, fear. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but there's also so much. You have the ability to do so much as a single traveler, mm-hmm. um, and you can, like you said, just do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I also feel like it goes a little faster because, like, in a good or a bad way, like mm-hmm. you can like kind of get through a lot of sites because it's just one person instead right, of like right. waiting for a group. I definitely have met a lot more people by traveling alone, mm-hmm. especially when I've traveled alone. A lot of times I'll stay in like a hostel or something right. where you meet a lot of other travelers who are just hanging out and then you mm-hmm. become friends. Right. And so I think that it's a lot harder to meet people when you're in a group because it's just like if you're at a party in a group with friends you already know, you're probably not likely to meet other people because they're not going to approach your group mm-hmm. because it's a little intimidating. Right. But if it's just you and then there's another person who's just themselves hanging mm-hmm. out, you might approach each other because you're like, hey, I want to talk to someone. Right. So um, traveling alone has a lot of merits too right. of just, I think it's also really good for everyone to try once in their life at least to just head out on their own and like plan something on their own and, and try to do that alone because I think we like to group up, especially when traveling because it is such an unknown Mm -hmm. but to do it by yourself is like empowering in a in a way of like i just have the power to to do this like it's you don't need anyone's permission to just plan a trip and Mm -hmm. go which is cool it's kind of like a sense of self-discovery too you know you like what your limit is and what you're comfortable with yeah when traveling by yourself if you don't like certain things you can just spontaneously change your itinerary on the fly and Mm -hmm. it's easy to adapt Mm -hmm. and you don't have to be concerned about what other people have to say yeah Yeah. and it probably helps you travel with other people too because by traveling on your own and like finding out what your limits are Mm -hmm. you can better communicate those next time you travel with other people too like hey i really know that i don't like this yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's super true Mm -hmm. that's awesome it sounds like an amazing trip have you been back to europe since I have not. It's one of my things to do. Uh, I am planning to go to Iceland in March. Oh, that'll be yeah, awesome. But that won't be by myself this time. It'll be with a group. And that's my first time traveling abroad with a group. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that'll have its own crazy moments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I know for a fact that there's a point in my uh, trip that when I'll be scuba diving in Iceland, my rest of the group aren't certified for that. So they'll oh. be snorkeling above me and I'm just going to like, hey. <laughs> hey, friends. Hey, guys. I think Look what it's... you're missing out. <laughs> I'm touching two tectonic plates. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Uh, I think it's totally fine, even when you're traveling with a group, though, to like do break off into smaller groups or like mm-hmm. do your own thing certain days. Right. So 
that'll be good. Did you think that trip gave you the travel bug or did you already kind of have it? I've always kind of had it because like um, I grew up in two different continents. Mm-hmm. I traveled a lot between Asia and North America. Um, and I've also stayed in China for two years for middle school. So I kind of love traveling growing up and um, just being able to experience different culture. It kind of like makes you wonder like, am I more towards one certain culture or am I more towards the other one? And you kind of just get yeah. the, it's easier for you to accept other people's cultures Mm-hmm. It makes you open to other ideas. And it honestly, I feel like it would benefit your life a lot because you become, you get to experience the best of things. Yeah. Yeah. You don't ever like get very judgmental about certain situations. And it's very easier to open up to other strangers and just have a social conversation with someone that you never knew. Yeah, Yeah. that's a really great point. I think sometimes people are fearful of travel because a place can be so different from Mm -hmm. what they're used to that they're like, oh, I don't like that it's different. Mm -hmm. But I love that through traveling or being in other cultures, you can find what's better Mm -hmm. than like what's What's at home. Like maybe that breakfast is amazing, right? right, right, And you're like, I would have never experienced this otherwise. But like I can go home and make it. Or like there's certain things that certain cultures do that are just way smarter or way better than what I would have thought of. Because it's just not a part of my daily process. Mm -hmm. But I've learned it. And like maybe I can adapt some of those things to my own life, which Mm -hmm. is so cool. Lifestyles. Yeah. Culture. I mean, ultimately, when you're old and in bed, like 70, 80 years old, you reflect (laughs) back on life and you're like, you're either A, oh, I've been here my entire life. I've got a loving family and I'm surrounded by everyone that loves me. Looking back, I don't regret what I've done. Yeah. Some people are like that. Then you got the people that always wonder, oh, what I could have done, you know? Yeah. And with traveling, you're like, oh, I've been all around the world. I've experienced all these things. I see different cultures. I'm content with my life. Yeah. It's kind of like you find a sense of peacefulness. You do. Mm -hmm. That's so true that you, I think when I've had those moments of like, well, what if I were to die tomorrow? I do feel most proud of traveling a lot and Mm -hmm. and having seen just how other people function and having met awesome people through Mm -hmm. traveling and and kind of feeling a lot of satisfaction and fulfillment from doing that. And it's so true that there's a lot of people that are super content with like being in one place their whole lives. Mm-hmm. And I just always knew I wasn't one of those people. So as, as much as yeah. I, sometimes I'm jealous for me, I've always wanted to like see cities and see different places and crazy nature. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm a little bit jealous of people who are just so happy with what's right in front of them and like will be right in front of them from now until 50 years from now. Right. But like, I just, I'm not that person. And like deep Can't in my it. heart, I know I wouldn't be completely content with that. And that's why I traveled so much. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's different. Yeah, everyone's different. Traveling really awakens something in a person too. Cause like I, I traveled internationally for the first time. Well, I would say like across seas for the first time when I was 16. And mm-hmm. I think at that time I was just like, cool, this is whatever. It was an opportunity to go through school and I was excited about it, but I don't think I was like so passionate about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when I did travel, I was just like, oh my gosh, like the world is so big. Right. Like there's so much to see. Right. And it really opened my eyes. And I think if I hadn't done that at that age, Maybe I wouldn't have, you know, maybe I would have always been content with what I had. Who knows? <laughs> right. I mean, probably not, but it's hard to say. You don't so know what you're missing until you. you, yeah. you've been out there and experienced everything. It's yeah. super true. So um, I always ask my guests, mm-hmm. what's your favorite thing about traveling? The food. The food. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a food maniac. The Scottish breakfasts. Yeah. Have you ever seen my Instagram pages? Mostly food, <laughs> puppies, or scenery. <laughs> Those are great things. Uh-huh. A meal is a place where people gather and socialize and... Mm-hmm. Kind of just like get a summary of their day and kind of get to know each other. Yeah. And being able to experience different 
food types, you can invite more like a variety of different people over and have better like conversations and different experiences. <laughs> yeah. Or you could just get really fat and eat all the food. You know? <laughs> no, I, I love that that thought that it's food is amazing yeah. and it it's a gathering is really exciting mm-hmm. as an individual to eat food that tastes really good to right. you. But I think culturally there's a lot to a meal that uh, especially outside of the u.s people um, in certain cultures having a big family meal is Mm -hmm. is such a thing and it goes on for so many hours and Mm -hmm. it's a big part of your day every single day it's like a mini so yeah that's so important when you're surrounded by people you love and you're eating great stuff Mm -hmm. it's an art too there's so many different ways you can eat certain foods yeah yeah what's the craziest way you've eaten food (laughs) uh I would say back when I was interning in Taiwan, um, during the summer, I went back one of the weekends to visit my grandparents Mm -hmm. and then our entire family ended up traveling over to like the, um, towards the West side of China, you know, uh, near Tibet kind of. Okay. And, um, kind of traveled there for a little bit and the craziest food I had was a straight up, a new, a freshly butchered cow. Um, they roasted the leg on a fire, like split roast style. Yeah. And just handed me the entire leg. Oh my goodness. And I was like, here, have this. And the leg was maybe half my body height. <laughs> so I'm holding it with both hands like a freaking two-handed sword. And I'm just like biting the crap out of that. Was it good? <laughs> it was delicious. <laughs> it was delicious. Did you finish it? No. Okay. I was no. going to say, it sounds like so much meat. I don't know if your body could even handle no, it. No. It was fun. so good though. Is it like, a, did you pass the leg around though? No. Was it communal? No, it was just for you. Yeah, that, that was like... just for me. <laughs> I was a little chubby That's back amazing. then. So they felt like, man, this guy can eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's crazy. I can't say I've ever eaten cow leg like that. Yeah, it's just straight up. Uh-huh. Wow. You still see the hooves on the bottom. Oh my gosh. It's like your handle. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on the podcast yeah, and sharing your fun. story. Yeah. I have fun too. Uh-huh. Is there anywhere on the internet that you want people to find you? Well, I'll probably send you the link to my Instagram. Um, okay. I've got written in my Facebook this year as part of my uh, New Year's resolution to nice. stay clear from social media and whatnot. Healthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram is probably where uh, you'll find me. Cool. Yeah. Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Just send me a request. It's private right now, but I'm willing but to accept allow it. Yeah. The travelers of the world mm-hmm. to have an insight. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks for listening to Trinspo, the travel inspiration podcast. If you want more Trinspo in your life, you can visit us at Trinspo.com, where you can listen or subscribe to episodes, read show notes, and view an ever-updating map that follows our adventures each week. If you have a question or you want to share your travel story, you can email us at Trinspo at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram or Twitter, where our handle is at Trinspocast, or on Facebook.com slash Trinspo. Thanks for coming along for the journey.